This is the evening edition of the Daily Podcast Practice Show for Sunday, January 16th, 2022. I'm your host, Rich Grimshaw, putting the P in podcasting by practicing my podcasting skills every day to achieve my goal of worldwide domination of the podcast medium. It's good to be here practicing my podcasting skills, and thank you for being here with me on my journey to complete 365 consecutive daily podcast episodes, a journey I began 330 days ago on February 20th of 2021. You can find more of these episodes over at my website, dailypodcastpractice.com. For the Lunitalians listening today, we have a waxing gibbous moon tonight heading toward a full moon. That will happen tomorrow, January 17, at precisely 6.48 post-meridian, right above Atlanta, Georgia. So plan your activities accordingly. According to the collective genius that is nationaltoday.com, today is no less than 12 different celebrations, including National Fig Newton Day, Prohibition Remembrance Day, and Book Publishers Day. And I just don't see anything there that's even kind of faintly interesting. So so keep walking, ladies and gentlemen. Keep walking. There's nothing to see here. On this day in 1412, the Medici family, an Italian family, was appointed the official banker of the papacy. These were powerful folks, the Medicis, and you didn't want to mess with them, and I didn't. They were an Italian banking family and political dynasty that first began to gather prominence in the Republic of Florence, during the first half of the 15th century, which would coincide with their appointment as the bank to the papacy, right? By the way, I'm reading all of this from Wikipedia, and I would remind you again to donate to the Wikimedia Foundation. Just a small amount, please. The Medici Bank was the largest in Europe during the 15th century. Now, the saying is that blood is thicker than What is that saying? Blood is thicker than something? I think the saying is blood is thicker than water, right? And all of this being named official banker of the papacy was was bound by blood because the Medici family produced four popes of the Catholic Church in rapid succession. Pope Leo X, 1513 to 1521. Pope Clement VII, 1523 to 1534. Pope Pius IV, 1559-1565, and Pope Leo XI in 1605-to-it doesn't say when. (laughs) And then two queens of France, Catherine de' Medici, 1547-1559, and Maria de' Medici in 1600-1610. So that's one way to get the appointment, right? (laughs) Have, Have relatives in high places. This bank was created in 1397 and one and was one of the most prosperous and respected institutions of Europe. And the Medici family was considered the wealthiest in Europe for a time. From the banking base that they had, they amassed political power, initially in Florence and later in uh, wider through Italy and Europe. They were among the earliest businesses. This is what I fa- find fascinating. They were among the earliest businesses to use the general ledger system of accounting through the development of the double-entry bookkeeping bookkeeping system for tracking credits and debits. It's amazing that that little system, 
the general ledger system and double-entry bookkeeping was the foundation of them becoming the financial giant that they were. I don't know what other people used. I haven't done enough research to be able to tell you that, but I just know that from my education in business that double-entry bookkeeping was was like the defining moment. It was the thing that made a big breakthrough. The bank collapsed in 1494, so they had a run of about uh, 100 years. I have no idea why the bank collapsed. Somebody probably made some bad decisions. Now, it's clear to me at this ripe old age that I've achieved that if you're looking to be filthy rich, then finance and banking is where it's at. But you know what? Nobody told me that, and I didn't figure it out for myself, so I went into engineering, which just I'm just telling you, Engineering is not the path to riches that other ways are, but it's sure been fun for me, and I've enjoyed it. And I can tell you that as of today, I can pay all my bills for this month, and I've got enough money in the bank to pay the bills for next month and maybe a month after that, and I'm not worried. I'm doing okay. But like I said, if I wanted to be filthy rich, I'd go into banking or finance. That's where it is. Let's look at a birthday today. Born in 1942 in Beaumont, Texas. American rhythm and blues and electric blues guitarist, singer, and songwriter Barbara Lynn. Barbara is best known for her 1962 rhythm and blues chart-topping hit, You'll Lose a Good Thing. She played piano as a child but then switched to guitar because she was inspired by blues artists Guitar Slim and Jimmy Reed. I'm sorry, I, I don't know them, but I know the pop act that she was also uh, inspired by, that's Elvis Presley and Brenda Lee. She began performing in local clubs in Texas. I don't know when she started. I don't know how old she was, but that's what Wikipedia says. Her first single called You'll Lose a Good Thing is one that she wrote and she recorded and it was a number one U.S. Billboard Rhythm and Blues chart hit and top 10 Billboard Hot 100 hit in 1962. And that will create a little bit of a tax problem for you, but good for her. That song was so good that it was later recorded by Aretha Franklin and I think Otis Redding and became a country hit by Freddie Fender. She went on to tour with Gladys Knight, Stevie Wonder, Smokey Robinson, Diane Warwick, Jackie Wilson, Sam Cooke, Otis Redding, James Brown, Al Green, Carla Thomas, Marvin Gaye, Ike and Tina Turner, The Temptations, and B.B. King. Wow. She, she was a really good second act. How about that? And then in 2018, she got a National Heritage Fellowship Award from the National Endowment for the Arts, which is a government uh, institution. And it's, I think, the highest uh, recognition that she can get from the NEA. She still lives and performs in Beaumont, Texas, which is right there on the Gulf Coast. It's, uh, it's not hospitable as far as I can tell. But happy birthday, Barbara, and thank you for sharing your music with the entire world. Let's take a question from 350 stupid questions to ask. I'm going to throw the dart here, and and the dart hits number 285, and we scroll through the questions. And question number 285 is, what's the most physically painful thing you've ever experienced? I mean, other than a 
other than a jab in the eye with a, st- a sharp stick? Uh, easy, I think. Uh, I had an automobile accident in 1989, late September, September 25th, September 28th, 1989, head-on collision. And I'm not saying who was at fault, but when they pulled us apart, I was on the wrong side of the road, and my little Pontiac 6000 was right in the front grill of a much larger Chevy Suburban. I think he broke a a water pump, and I wrecked my car. So they cut me out and brought me to the hospital and and stitched me up and uh, put casts all over me, and then I had to be in rehabilitation for many months after that. I had a broken femur, so I had a big old cast on my leg. The the right that was the right femur. The uh, the kneecap on the right leg was driven was driven into the dashboard, so that shattered that. They had to take that out, and then ever since then, I've been living without a kneecap on my right knee, which has made life interesting. Sometimes broke the collarbone, broke my left wrist, cut my head open, and and moved the skin way back on my skull. So they had to stitch that up making me look like Franklin Frankenstein. So that that's what they did, but then after that I just had to get through the pain and it was it was several months that I had to get through the muscle pain from the trauma of the accident, but then also we had to get this right knee working again and that was months and months of physical therapy and if you have been to physical therapy, you know that they know how to administer pain judiciously, but it's still pain. As they say, no pain, no gain. Healing through pain. And they are very artful in it. And you learn how to scream loudly but muffle your screams and sweat a lot and just try to work your way through it. And it was painful. The most painful thing I've ever done. But I'm glad that I had some really skilled people to get me through that whole period. And as a result, I'm I'm pretty much put back together again. The uh, The right leg stays pretty cranky just because of the scar tissue and what they had to do, but you know, I can get out of bed every morning and walk and I have all my limbs and faculties and, and I'm doing okay. So that's it. Getting over an automobile accident. That was the most physically painful thing I've ever experienced. And that is all for today. But I want to leave you with this thought from Warren Buffett, chairman and chief executive officer of Berkshire Hathaway. Quote, banking is a very good business if you don't do anything dumb. (laughs) Well, I expect it is. We might be able to extend that to a few other areas of life, too. All right, let's wrap this up. I've got an old annual report from Berkshire Hathaway here. We'll wrap it up in that and stick a fork in it because it's done. I'm Rich Grimshaw, and you are invited to join me again tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.